This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the county result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So... The only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, folks, after nine years of sharing a mic, I've got to announce that Nick and I are parting ways on the podcast. Now, I know what you're thinking. How could I possibly survive without his controversial opinions, close-to-the-bone jokes, political satire, and insistence on wearing a a woolly hat indoors. Well, Nick, mate, we'll all miss your perverse squad number OCD, your living with mum and dad antics, and your heated rants, and the way your beard twirls in the wind when you passionately defended your beloved Stockport County. Best of luck with your future endeavours, mate, and the other nine podcasts you have on the go. Uh, But in seriousness... Nick has been an integral part of this podcast's success. His contributions have left an indelible mark. From the footy chats to the moments of pure hilarity, his presence has been invaluable. A massive thanks to Nick for everything. By the way, he's not dead. He's just not coming on the podcast much. Hello and welcome to the Scarf Bagara. Why is it doing that? There we go, that's better. Welcome <laughs> to the Scarf Bagara War. Uh, podcast by County Fans, for County Fans, part of the TalkSport Fan Network, and we are also charity partners with Mentel, the men's mental health charity, and we have podcasts coming up on that very subject very soon. I'm meeting Matt Baxter tomorrow in Bass to have a bit of a chat with him. I'm joined as ever by my mate Waggy. You okay, mate? Yeah, not too bad. I thought I'd try and ease the pain of uh, the transition from Nick. So obviously I've got the beard, got the glasses, and you may notice I've uh, swept my hair back for you, greased my hair back for you tonight. You see? Nice. nice. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm not wearing a woolly hat, though. So No, I'm not wearing a woolly hat. So, no. yeah, that's next week. <laughs> um, but just just again, just to say thanks to Nick for everything. <clears throat> I'm sure yeah. we'll see, he'll be back on the podcast at some point. Let's let's. I'm sure he'll be lurking. Yeah, he'll be lurking out there somewhere and he'll, he'll be back on. We'll get him back on. Um, either as him or his... No, because the Isaiah is not the same person, is it? We know we know no, it's not the no, same absolutely person. Absolutely not. Absolutely never, not. Never, never no the same comparison. person. Um, so tonight we're going to talk about the Tranmere Rovers defeat. We're probably just going to brush over that to spare everybody the pain. We're going to talk about the Gillingham match last night. Uh, we'll cover the fixture changes 
maybe a bit about the co-op document, although I think that deserves its own podcast and anything that we've got coming up as well uh, soon. And we're going to bring out Liam Cash in, in, imminently and we're going to talk to him about the pitch at Edgeley Park, uh, the pitches at the training ground and where where that's all, all up to with that. So um, without further ado, I think we can get Liam out. Running Armstrong, played in the game. Superb goal, and it's Connolly who scored it. Hello, Liam. Hi, guys. You okay. All right. Yeah, not bad. You? Yeah, not bad. I like coming into a Sean Connolly goal at Middlesbrough. There you go. You see, all about the classics. All about the classics here on this show. Um, yeah. Thanks for joining us, mate. I think I think this is your hat trick appearance. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. We're going to start getting people prizes for this, for, for bearing with us for, for three. I think this is your third. You've had one in here, and this is your second one online. Yeah, of course. No, I think it's my fourth, actually, because I think I was, I was, right. I'm going to say now what I'm going to say now what I was going to say, but I've already said it that if you get a hat trick, you get a ball in a glass box, like off Soccer AM, like behind Waggy there. Yeah. It must be before because I've literally said that joke on it about 12 months ago, I think. Or right, not a joke. Fair enough. You've got a better memory. <laughs> got a better memory than me. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, good stuff. Right. So, I mean, we'll get straight into it. Uh, Tranmere and Gillingham. I mean, I didn't go. I know, Waggy, you didn't go. Um, and I know you did, Liam. In fact, just before I, t- I mentioned that, actually, I'm forgetting my own uh, agenda here, as I normally do. Uh, we have got a Salford away ticket to give away. Um, Edward F has just reminded me, probably just tuned in for that, hasn't he? I've never seen Edward F before. Cheers, Edward, for tuning in. Yeah, we have got a Sulfur ticket to give away. Uh, what we're going to do, I'm going to announce how you can win that at the end of the show, and it's something you have to do after the show. So just bear that in mind. I'm going to announce what that is later on. Uh, but yeah, Liam, you went to Tranmere and Salford. Let's get Tranmere out of the way first, shall we? Uh, we did cover this on the Courtyard Club call earlier in the week. That's available to go and listen to now. But how was that then? Biggest defeat in God knows how long. Yeah, well, I said that. It was a bit like the old days, almost a couple of us were saying, and then someone said it was, could be wrong. Is it the biggest defeat since Hartlepool in COVID? Could be wrong there. But anyway, regardless, it's obviously been two, three seasons since we've got beat like that. But yeah, just me, me in terms of it being like the old days, a bit of a classic bigger way following with big expectations, kind of expected to win against a team who were, I don't know, mid-table and on paper, not going to beat us, who were therefore then bang up for it. We're maybe ever so slightly not at it, as the manager may say. A um, couple of injuries and, and whatnot. So, yeah, just, yeah, but un, un, uncharacteristic, to say the least, I'd say. Yeah, we so said we, we covered it, but, yeah, it, it was just it was just shit, wasn't it? <laughs> we were just... We were shit at set pieces, but I think we said it on the court, our club hall. If it hadn't been for the set pieces, that could have quite easily finished nil-nil that game, and I don't think anybody would have grumbled. Mm. It was just, there was no quality in it. They just seemed, yeah, they just, it was just a no, a shit game, wasn't it, really? I think the, it was the guy on, the, on, on, on here last week from Tranmere talking about what their strength may be, and I just thought it played out exactly like that, that they, 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 their strength is is on the counter attack, and I thought it did play out. A li- Obviously, I know the goals were set pieces and whatnot, but I thought they looked quite. We had a lot of the ball, um, 
and they were sort of set up or wanting to sort of counter attack. So I thought it just played played out like that. But I just think it's only one for quite a bit of you know a lot's made of a big loss like that. But it is only three points, like a three you get three points for a one nil or an eight nil, and it's similar with a loss really, like you know, and then obviously yeah. stopped the mini rot whatever you know last night. So yeah, that was disappointing, but at least it was only yeah. a. One hour drive home rather than five today. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, but the Tramir match, I mean, we were all, I think we were all surprised with the lineup, weren't we? And then uh, it just changed the, it changed the system so many times, didn't it? I mean, in, in the second half, yeah. it, it felt like, how, it felt like me when I'm playing football manager that, or anybody <laughs> playing football manager, you just try different formations until one works. I mean, obviously, it wasn't that, but. He did. There was a lot of formation changes, weren't there? Yeah. Did you, did you just react trying to change something? I don't know if it's if it. There's been a few times like you might have seen. It goes back to when I, I remember that we beat Chesterfield one nil in the National League year, and you probably won't remember this, but I remember looking at the lineup just ever so slightly, like, oh, that's interesting. And then I've sort of like, and then obviously we won that day. And there's been a few times where I may have looked and like mm, didn't expect that, and then we've gone on to win. So I suppose. Yeah. If a manager didn't react and change something or try to, it'd be criticised for that, wouldn't he? But then obviously you change it two or three times in the game and you lose 4 0. It's like, oh, keep changing it. So just yeah, a tinker man. around it, really. Just move on, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I did enjoy um, did enjoy some of the, the the reaction from Tranmere fans on social media that they turned into prime Brazil on Saturday. Mm. And, you know, it wasn't us. We, we definitely had a bad game. It was definitely a, course, a, you yeah. know, a, a bad day at the office for us, but the, the, their reaction was like, no, no, we, we were, we were brilliant. Well, you were okay, but we kind of let you to a certain extent. We're first, you're 19th, you know. You, yeah. You know. And that can be annoying, but it's also a compliment as well. Like in terms of the celebrations of an away team, and I'm, I'm like everyone is, but I'm privy to, if a team gets a point at Edgerley, uh, you know, I may I walk on the pitch or whatnot, and it you know can be quite close to the away end. Chesterfield at home springs to mind. It's just yeah. like this 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 big result, and it's a it's a compliment. Obviously, as frustrating as it is, because it's you know it's not a scalp. I probably won't go that far, but it's obviously a big a big result. So I I I I can sometimes take it a little bit a little bit like that. Do you, do you ever get near enough to the players to get? To get a sense of their reaction, the the away players when you're at Edgeley Park. Yes, like, similarly, really. not through like not through wants of you know wanting yeah. to or anything, just, yeah, just yeah, yeah. you know coincidentally <laughs> whatever. But yeah, exactly, and, and and the same, particularly um, the last two Mansfield and 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 Crew and even Gillingham on the opening day. Are they? Are they? Are, I think there are three defeats. You know, these teams I can't think of now with draws and stuff and. I'll just be, you know, me and the lads will be heads down doing whatever we're doing. And I might look up occasionally like, did you win the game? It was a nil-nil draw type thing. So, yeah, yeah. Mansfield were like, you know, as if it was mirrored a little bit. I mean, they did win Mansfield, obviously, in fairness, but it it, it reminded me of that that Chesterfield night, which was, that was an odd one. That was an odd reaction that they threw away a two-goal lead (laughs) and drew two-two. So, yeah. Yeah, bit bit of a weird one. Um, so yeah, if you want to listen more about courtyard club call and and us talking about tactics and formations and and phases of play and things, then you can, you can get that on the courtyard club call. It's available now. 
Um, moving on to last night's match, then fresh in the mind again, you went, and that's you know fair fair play to the three hundred and eighty odd that went because that is some journey on a Tuesday. Don't care who you are. Um, Did you see play. that they put, they put Crawley tickets aside for everybody that went? Did you see that uh, yeah. from, the, from the club? No, I didn't see that, but that's that's brilliant. Absolutely, yeah, every, yeah. they should get a discount. That, well, now they're getting free tickets, I believe. Oh, right. Given, I think they said it was free tickets for the 378 that went last night. They get a they get a free ticket for Crawley for the away game at Crawley on the Monday night. Oh, that's so you nice. just have to show your show your order and you'll get the ticket. So that's the way I've read it. It's certainly something to do with. They've, they've, I can't remember if they've actually put them aside for them, so they guaranteed a ticket, or they've basically said you're getting a free ticket if you went, right. so you can go to Crawley for free. I don't know if anyone can confirm that in the comments, um, but I, I don't know. Are you, have you, you might have it wrong, Waggy, because have, have you, has it ever happened to you before where you've gone in to somewhere thinking you got something free and, and you've read it wrong? Right. <laughs> Pizza Hut or summer? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're saying it is just put aside. There we go. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Guarantee the ticket. I mean, I said that. I mean, that's still it's good. But are we were we ever going to be selling out Crawley away? What we got thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred tickets on a Monday night down at Crawley? No, I guess not. I guess not. No, but anyway, it's still a, it's still, still a nice gesture, gesture, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, good yeah. gesture. Yeah, and it, and it lends itself to rewarding the the fans that go away as well, which which you know we've asked for asked for that kind of thing for a long time, haven't we? So. Yep. Fair dues, fair dues. Um, how was the trip down, Liam? Did you have a Did you have a good time? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't often go to away game. I've gone to a few recently, but I'm not. I'm not exactly like home uh, week in week out. Um, yeah, just decided. I don't know. But yeah, I said to you off air. Don't ask me why. But we just decided a while ago that we'd. I like to do a, a random one. Um, went to Kings Lane National League here, and you know, random Tuesday now and then. So. Yeah, no, it's fine, and um, just should have won, really. I think beforehand, could be you may or may not agree. Probably take a draw before before the game, and sort of yeah, certainly after the past two. And but in the context of the game, yeah, a bit like Chandler said, like you know, it was very close to being a great one nil, you know, um, and probably should have been really. But the biggest thing I took away is I couldn't watch Gilligan play every week because I really thought they were, they were. I mean, talk about giving a team respect. I think someone near me was saying that they, they did they did exactly they didn't do what Crew and Tranmere did in terms of pressing us and whatnot. I mean, look, what, what I sound like I don't know what I'm talking about, but it just they would literally sort of let us have the ball. Certainly first half, and would play. You know, they play. They play Wrexham on Saturday, don't they? And it's a—it's just going to be a long throw ball down the channel fest. Yeah. Against each other. Because you can just see Gillingham, Gillingham literally playing it over a right back, over a left back to try and get the centre-half to head it out of play to win a throw-in, to throw it in the box, you know. Yeah. It's quite significant yeah, booze rang around team. after the game, even though it was a draw, obviously, from the home fans, which is quite interesting. To me, they set themselves up as the away team, didn't they, Gillingham? Yeah. That's the yeah. way it looked to me. Sort of almost playing a 5-4-1. Five, five, mm. um, and, yeah, they were... Well, I think they said they had one shot in the first half. And that was it. Which was a token 20-yarder, like, parried save type, you know. 
yeah, yeah. there was nothing in, in where we were on the side that half in, in front of us in, in the first half and even second half was just throw-ins and yeah, it was probably dis- again in the context of the game disappointing to draw it but you on another night like one of them throw-ins scrambles in and you somehow lose it 1-0 and you're like, you know, how's yeah. that happened? So you just sort of, well you obviously have to but just take it and then, you know, win, win, win on Saturday which I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain we will to be honest. Yeah, yeah, there was a bit of a melee in the box, wasn't he? Second half, and I was thinking it's bouncing around it's like break. pinball. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what it's like when you're in the ground, the other end, you're just like, oh, you're just going to hear the roar in a second because you can't really see. Yeah. Um. So yeah, even like right in injury time, Powell to Sars, that was a, that was a chance that even though it was just the ball that was cut out. Um. But yeah, it was it was obviously positive after after Saturday. So do you think it was um? I think it's a point gain then or two points lost because some people are some people who went are, are saying um you know we, we it's 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 we should have won basically and and there's no there's no two ways about it where I'm kind of in the point gained camp really it's a good reset so a lot of people have said that in the comments it's a good stop the rot kind of kind of game on it because we defensively we looked a lot more solid than we'd had in the previous two games yeah it's a, probably a, it, it win on Saturday it's point gain four points in a week you know, if, if we don't win on Saturday, you look back and or, or in a few weeks that we should we should have won that night at Gillingham because it definitely felt like that. You know, at the full time whistle, everyone's a bit like a bit disappointed, really, just purely because of the context of the game. I stand by before the game, I, even having travelled all that way and whatnot, that you, that that we'd have, that we'd have take, taken a taken a draw and a clean sheet and everything. So, yeah, absolutely. I think anybody anybody before the game would have definitely taken that. But as you say, is the game. As the game evolved and the way that we were playing and they were playing, if we'd have been clinical, we again we could have we could have got a bag full, couldn't we? But it was just it was as you say, stop the rot, make sure we keep a clean sheet, and then move on to the weekend and see what we can do against Swindon. Yeah, and hopefully um, Will's what just a whack as I think was was said. Hopefully that's just looks just a bit precautionary, but we'll we'll see. Because he, I thought we looked good first first twenty. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And someone said that in the comments as well. We looked a lot better when Will, it's Ian Dowden, uh, our friend. Uh, we look so much better with Collar in the team, and we do. I was gutted yeah, when he went did. off, but kind of glad it's impact. A bit weird, the circumstances as well. I don't know if you picked up on that in the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, you got, you I get in the ground. Game. Sorry, like, you just, you just, no, like, you're you, just you think it's... You just assume the worst. Obviously, the way the season's gone and he's down, you're just assuming that he, what what was it his hamstring that he came back from? I think, yeah. You're just like, oh, is that gone again? It's going to be weeks on end or whatnot. But no, he did get he got fouled in the corner, didn't he? But yeah, there's no way of telling. You just you're almost like people are on the phones wondering now what people have seen on on, on the stream and how bad it was. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's not. They, they were very physical, weren't they? They were very physical and very close. And I think the referee didn't help. He let them get away with a hell of a lot. They seem to be really physical, really pretty dirty a lot of the time. Mm. Um yeah, he was that's one that's one word for it. <laughs> he was he was yeah, he would he's just it's like I say we got two two cards, didn't we? We got Cro- Collar got booked for walking off with an injury, walking slowly. Yeah. And then we Crowsdale got booked for not backing away yeah. from a free kick. Yeah, yeah, you did that. Yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. they got they got one card. That guy got a yellow card for the tackle um, on collar, 
Um, and apart from that, I don't think they got a, they got a card. And some of the tackles, and say, I think somebody said the rugby tackle, rugby tackle on Hippo. There was a few times with um, Wharton as well. Um, but it's just like say, yeah, you just seem to let it go. Um, it was just bizarre. I don't know what Kyle Wharton has to do to win a free kick. I really don't. <laughs> no, one no, of no. Watch us, which is obviously frequently, and I just don't. I, it's if it, it can be infuriating. Next minute, I'll laugh because I'm. I just, just again last night. Every single game I see him play, it just I don't know what he has to do to win a foul. I really don't. And then but if he slightly nudges them, yeah. it's a foul the other way. You know, I just yeah. I don't know. There was there was one point with Wharton. He was. They were they were grappling and then they sort of laughed at each other, didn't they? I think, and then sort of mm. patted each other on the back and yeah, it's obviously a way of I'm not privy to referee conversations, obviously, but it's kind of like they just give decisions based on less aggro almost. It's just the way you give it. Do you know what I mean? It's like mm. which infuriates me to be half the time. Like foul on the keeper, just give it. And when players buy a free kick. Because they're defending in their own corner, just go over the ball. Like Johnny Williams did it at, at late on last night. That yes, yeah. Like Chris Hussey. Yeah. Chris Hussey did that a lot for Chris us. Chris Hussey, didn't he? yeah. I suppose, yeah, and that side of it, you just like, you know, if it's for us and it's like, oh, yeah, we call it like, you'd call it experience or now and something we never had over the years. So yeah. I suppose so. But the referees have bought it for years and it's always, it's always, it's always been the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, got a question from Oliver Wrigley here. Do we feel we've been found out for putting it up to Wooten when we're chasing? Because Crew did it at 2-1 and last night Wooten was being held at every aerial ball. Um, I don't, don't think so, because we've not really played that way since since the beginning of the season, have we? Yeah. You look, we've not looked, we've not played that way, I don't think, since Wooten come back. Because obviously the beginning of the season, it was like, oh God, we need another big striker because we can't play without Wharton. And we've started playing with Wharton and now it's almost gone the opposite way is that, well, we can't play the game with Wharton on the team. It's, mm. it's, it's difficult. I don't think we've, I don't know. But I think that's the, the nature of Wharton. They know that and they're going to grapple him. Whether we're playing the ball up long to him or not, he's, he's going to be having fights with centre-backs, is he? And generally, he seems to be the one that's getting the free kicks against him. Yeah. Which we've just is said it, is ridiculous. I, 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 yeah, no, I agree. I, I, th- I th- It feels like it's another dimension to me. So if you if you have to go long, you go long and Wooten's your out ball. Um, he just at the moment isn't winning that many. So it's sort of highlighted, isn't it? It's like when, it's like when Hinchliffe is kicking him, his kicking's not quite on, on, on the money. Do you know what I mean? And it goes mm. out a couple of times. Everyone goes, oh, his kicking's rubbish. Wooten's mm. not, Wooten's not a bad target, man. He's not bad at holding it up. He's, yeah. It just seems maybe we're doing it less and he's not winning them and it feels like it's more. Whereas if we do it, if, if we actually play like that all the time, he might be a bit more successful, perhaps. I don't know if I'm yeah. talking absolute waffle there, but, but do you know what I mean? Because we do, we play it. We've got different ways of playing. We've said it on this podcast a lot. Whether we Last season, it felt like he didn't have a plan B. This season, it looks like plan A, B, C, D and E, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah let's let's be straight. We've lost like we got, you're right, like we've got a different <laughs> dynamic of of which I think everyone was calling out for last year, plan A, plan B, whatever. We then we then brought in who ended up being for two, three months, probably the best player in in the league, who has been injured since. So that's you know, that's a huge like we all know, it's a huge loss. So and I just think it, without using a cliche, I just think last night was 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 so fine margins. We win one nil. 
there's no sort of negative like yeah. oh is that not going this way or we've been found out it's just you know i just think it's just it picks up a point and you just you have to isolate every game and, and move on to the next because then saturday we win three nil and it's like and Mansfield yeah. don't win, and it just changes straight away. Come six o'clock, it's just totally different again. Yeah, no, it is. It is, but it, it's, it's difficult not to get yourself immersed in the reaction online, though, and things in it. You know, oh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, you know, true. get yourself well. I say, I say, immersed, bogged down, suicidal, mm. <laughs> <laughs> maybe with it all. I don't know. Um, so yeah, um, so last night, so I mean, generally speaking. Um, I was I was quite pleased with the point to be honest. I I was watching it thinking, oh, we, I mean, we only had one shot on target, I think, all match. So, um, I think I think Charlie said it in his in his post match. If the, the the best chance we had for for some reason, whatever the reason was, it fell to burn in the six yard yeah. box. Mm. Anybody yeah. else? It, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. Anybody else is shooting there, isn't it? It's yeah. only Burn that had looked to try and pass it back to the penalty spot to Madden, who's being marked. <laughs> it actually looked not as bad on the highlights, what I saw before. In the ground, it was like, what? You know, it looked like about a yard out. Like, on the highlights, so he's actually edge of the six-yard box. Like, it wasn't looked, didn't look as bad. But, yeah, just disappointing, obviously. But, you know, as I say, point and clean sheet that everyone would have asked for, you know, after... after after Saturday and look solid, obviously from the, all the long throws that they're a threat, which is a bugbearer of mine. All you know, I know we've now. I think we've seen sort of bring it in, haven't we, with Hippolyte? But um, yeah, it's not quite the same. Teams, teams who just play for that, and again, we're, this is a club. Obviously, with Mike Flynn, it was like one of our main main weapons, <laughs> wasn't it? But it seems who just play for long throws and launch it in. I'm just like, really, like, yeah, you know, is that how you? Is that how it is? Is that what you pay for? <laughs> Bernie Man Gillingham are like massive payers, by the way, in terms of like in the league. I thought I, I, I saw that. I thought they were in the top three of of, of wage wage bill. Yeah, I, I think, think, I, think I, I think they are. Yeah, yeah, I think they yeah. Are. Sure, I saw a saw a stat on that. Yeah, it's it's funny about the long throw thing, isn't it? Because, like you say, Charlie and Flinny were yeah. they they were. I'm the same as you, and my lad's the same as well. They, they, just that that way of playing, just it feels like it's anti football now, doesn't it? Because it's 2024, the pitches are better. Thanks yeah, to I people just think like it, you. It, as I say, <laughs> I think it's like it's nice to maybe have it, but but yes, yeah, not rely on like, it. Great, we've got a throw in, and it's the all yeah. go flow. Here we go, you know. And it's obviously a threat. It's probably why I don't like it because it is a threat. Um, but would you, would we be proud of it? Well, we were, I suppose, in the nineties, weren't we? But I think <laughs> even back then, there was times there was times Mike Flynn wouldn't go up. We'd mix. I think we'd mix it up a bit at least. But maybe I'm biased. Yeah, yeah. But I think I mean I know Hippo has got this. Suddenly found this long throw from anyway. But he's he's quite a looping long throw, isn't it? It's not. Mm. You sort of see the ones that are dangerous is when they sort of drill it almost, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's just like a big loopy, loopy long throw, and then everybody just waits there for a few minutes before it comes down and then ends it away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which is maybe why we've not had one for ages because yeah, yeah, how much of a threat actually is it? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting though that we've got a manager who had a long throw but doesn't like well, not say doesn't like to record. play with it, but doesn't mm. doesn't prioritize that. Mm. And that was a long throw that he had. Well, yeah, it was a world record at the time, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, 
Torrey's got quite a long throw as well. Oh, and uh, someone just mentioned as well that uh, where is it? Where is it? Oh, we'll talk about Neil Byrne uh, getting you know the only shot kind of thing. He hit he hit screamer against the older shot, which might be his thing. You know, he might he might he might be able to hit screamers from thirty yards, but get him in the six yard box and he freezes. <laughs> Exactly, it's just the pains and agonies that you go through. That obviously, hopefully, come the end of the season, we've got promoted, and everything just becomes. It's almost like a a funny, you know, a, a funny little story that you went to Gillingham and we should have won that chance he missed, but all becomes forgotten about. Without quoting him, like Chaloner says, let's see after forty six games, let's see where we're at then. Everyone yeah, wants it yeah. now, don't they? Particularly when we've had a good lead and we've been top for nearly four months, is it? And had been twelve yeah, games yeah. in a row. Everyone just wants it now, and you know, I I, I still think it'll. It'll, it'll come. It's just you know. It's it, but it yeah, obviously, like, like you say, living through it at the time, it obviously is frustrating. Yeah, it'd be interesting actually to get a younger fan on the podcast. You know, from like that eighteen to twenty five age bracket, because I th- I, f- I feel like because we, we've seen a lot of county over the years, we're quite. I definitely am. I get the sense from you, you lads as well, that quite relaxed about it all. We're back in the football league. Yeah, if we go up, we'll go up. And we look like we're going up. So if we lose a match, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's all, you know, we've got experience, haven't we, in these things yeah. of living it. Whereas it feels like the younger ones, it's the end, almost like the end of the world when we lose mm. <laughs> lose 4 yeah. at Tranmere, even though we're still top of the league. Yeah, and I remember being like that, being everything yeah. so out of context, but it is just three points. I used to get so incredibly like bothered by defeats, and there was a particular game I'd spoke to me. We'd lost on the first day of the season to Huddersfield, you know, yeah. three last minute. Oh, and I was on holiday with my dad, and I was like, "Roomy holiday." Was that with Beckett and Feeney? Yeah, yeah, two one yeah, up. Yeah. They yeah. equalised late, it, and then to make it worse, well. they won. Yeah, and I remember just saying to me dad, like, because he was just like, "Okay." And I was like, how are you like doing it? What like how how can you function type thing? And he was just like, oh, you just get used to it. And I, it is true, isn't it? It is true. Yeah. yeah. And like you say, we've been in the north and all the rest of it, so it isn't that bad. Losing at Tranmere in front of six, seven thousand isn't that bad. No. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yes, yeah, so that was the Gillingham match, uh, and then on to Swindon on Saturday. You said earlier. Uh, you did, Liam. Not sure what you said, Waggy. Don't think you said anything. Expecting a win on Saturday. They're they're in a bit of they're in a bit of trouble, aren't they? On and off the pitch. I think off the pitch they're in some real trouble. Swindon. Uh, they keep on appearing on the Price of Football, which I like to listen to every week. Um, so they're appearing on that, um, and we beat them four two away. That was a great away day. Yeah. Um, that was a really good one. That. Um, not, I haven't got any opposition review to do with anybody from Swindon, but I guess. Uh, what do we know about them down there? Pretty much, aren't they? Um, mm, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, obviously just to, easy for me to say. I've not got to go out on them and literally do it, but probably like the perfect type of game to have when we need a win. Uh, stop the raw. I just, yeah, fans just Saturday, 2 3 nil. Yeah, I, I thought that against... they can see They can see a lot of goals and, yeah, well. Obviously, yeah. you, you, as we all know, you never know, but I, I just fancy us on Saturday. Yeah, I've got to say, I mean, I, I do, but then, I, then again, I fancied us against Harrogate. I thought I did say 3-0 for that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they've not done too well recently. So um, they lost 2-1 at home to Swindon. They drew the two matches before that. Um, yeah, lost early Feb 
Newport away, managed to beat Bradford at home. So the, yeah, I mean the, the the wins that their wins are very very few and far between. Um, I think I think looking last night, someone um, just, yeah, their away records poor. They won two or three away, two away, and one of them was Forest Green. Yeah, so yeah. So I mean, all I mean, I mean, it's county at the end of the day, and it but all the signs point to um, to a county win, and that's what gave me confidence last night. Really, was that it's it felt like a solid performance last night defensively. So if we play that same those same players, the same personnel against Swindon, I don't think they're going to offer as much threat. He says now. So bookmark this, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like they're going to offer much threat. Their, their their main players had to go back to the parent clubs during the window. Dan Kemp, yeah. who's now at MK Dons, I think. Well, he's, well that, that's his that's his parent club, I think. So and there was another lad as well. Um, so yeah, pretty confident about Saturday. How how confident are you guys? Are you lads? One hundred percent, three nil. Okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> <Stick it laughs> <on your racket. laughs> yeah, I think so. I say we looked defensively. We looked better with Horse back in last night. I think we looked look we looked a lot more solid. I know they didn't really offer offer that much against us, but we looked we looked more solid. So, and that's as we sort of said. I think we mentioned it in the club call is this is our current issue is that we've got a lot of injuries in defence and it's making sure that we've got defenders. We've had all our attackers that have been injured. We've had our midfielders that have been injured and now it seems to be the defence that's the big problem. But you say horse, horse fall and burn next to each other. Um, I think, as you say, I think that, that's pretty solid and then we can build from that. Uh, I think Crowsdale looked a bit better yes, um, last night than he has done in the last couple of games. Um, but I did see somebody said that he's he's been carrying an injury for the last couple of months, but I didn't I've not seen anything to suggest that from the way he's been playing previously. It's just the last two games he's just had a nightmare. He's just not been he's just not been Crowsdale. So he looked he looked a bit back to being where he was or looked better again last night. So yeah, why not? We've got attackers, midfielders coming back. Hopefully, as you say, collar is just an impact injury that Maybe he won't start, but he can come off the bench again um, and do something. So yeah, I think, I think yeah, two or two or three nil. I think we'll, we'll go for that. Yeah. Okay. So you got two nil and three nil. Okay. Um, fair dues. In t- just just going onto the pitch slightly, but while we while we sort of talk about the Swindon match, d- d- I take it for, for a home match there is no special preparation. You you just you you just tend to the pitch as you go along and it, and the match happens because you're expecting it. It's it's normal and and that kind yeah. of thing. You don't yeah you don't ramp up any sort of care before before a home well, match. Yeah, yes and no, nothing sort of out of the ordinary. But yeah, a standard a standard match day or match week. Yeah, the the pitch preparation in many ways is 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 well a bit of a two way answer really is is consistent throughout the season. But for each individual match, weather permitting. For a Saturday game, a match preparation would probably start on a on a Wednesday, um, in terms of like height of court and moisture within the soil profile and whatnot. So yeah, but it's that may may or may not sound complicated, but it, it for us guys it, it isn't, and um, it's yeah, it, it's all we try we try to be as consistent as possible from. Game one to, to game uh, 
you know, game twenty three if it is home games in in the league. That that's that's what we try and do. So, so that they can arrive, that so they can they can players can sort of arrive and trust it. I probably said this on here before, but going away from home, I was having a very brief conversation with the manager Monday, just about the inconsistencies in League Two. In fairness, of of be playing away. You know, if you're in the Premiership or the Championship, pretty pitches are pretty much consistent. Might be things that you know someone like me may notice, but in League Two, you do have the. I mean, where we go in Colchester to Sutton to Salford, and you know, pitches are pitches are different. So what we, we, yeah, and uh, we we try the best we can, and it's not always the case, but to try and that the pitch isn't a talking point behind the scenes, and is it going to be bobbly or lively or wet or whatever. We just try and almost go under the radar that it's not something anyone has to worry about, which is probably that's that's in 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 short is, is how we try how we try to be. It's if you if you can be like that, it's it's, it's a good sign, really. Do you have a training pitch that's the same surface as close as you can get it to Edgley Park? Then, or as close as close as we can, yeah. But we don't have the. Um, the, the artificial fibers that make up the the bit the the beneath 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 the pitch edgely um right. so firm firmness readings would be ever so slightly different um but the training pitches are you know they're in they're in pretty pretty good condition we'd like them to be a little bit better but I'm a groundsman so we we, we always <laughs> you know that's how it is um that that may well will come in fairness that you you, you know the higher up we go and as the investment gets more, that we will probably build a pitch that is literally the same, the same as what Edgeley is. But even even doing that would would have its complications. We probably have to redo Edgeley as well because Edgeley is, is is as old as well, probably 30, 40 years old that pitch. And the methods that we used back then, building it in, I think it was redone at the end of '94. Their methods wouldn't be used now. Technology's moved on this, that, and the other. So, if we were to sort of look at it properly from a, a I don't know, an injury standpoint, a, a quality standpoint, all these things, we'd probably do 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 the state, do Edgeley, and and do and do a pitch at, at the training ground. At the moment, we just sort of it's good, but it's a little bit of a hybrid what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, you've mentioned this on the podcast before, haven't you? Um... Because I'm not sure if it's the last time or the time before, because I've lost track of how many times you've been on clearly. But you mentioned that we you dug up to a certain point, uh, and you'd you'd gone to the foundations of the rugby post and removed them. So when you say about redoing the pitch for, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Away days with County are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at Edgeley Park. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. 
cmcdonalds.com. The first time properly since 1994. How, I mean, how deep would you have to go? You're talking well over a metre. We've not been anywhere near that. Like the rugby posts were just, it was an opportunity to do it. We had the machine, the, the heavy plant machinery on site. We had the gap in fixtures. We kind of stumbled across it and we, a couple of us pushed it like that it'd be nice to get them out the last sort of remnants of, of those guys so we just pulled them out in terms of the the, the major works of the pitches or the pitch is it may look like it's a huge operation with all the heavy plant machinery if anyone's walking down Hardcastle Road in the beginning of June and we're doing the work it, it, it looks and it is a major uh, renovation in, in some ways but the reality is in terms of putting a new pitch in we've, we've, we've not done that we we probably will do that. I mean, it's well, I say we probably will. It's a he- heck of a lot of money to do that. But if we're top end of league one, looking towards the championship, it's 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 something we, we we may look at doing. But only only if it's only if it's right to do so. Our aim is to get the pitch as it is, just as, as far as possible. Really, it's performing well. We're happy with it. We get great feedback quite frequently. It's quite it's consistent, particularly through the winter, which is the best. You know, the best that's the best sign. You know, you might if you look around other pitches, and I've been there many times, but you know, there's drama at wherever else games off pitch inspections, this, that, and the other. We you know, if we're doing well in the winter. So that's that's the aim, really, because it is a huge chunk of money to to put to put to put a new pitch in. But standards and, and demands of new stands and things like that may, may, may sort of force force our hand in, into doing it. But it just opens up a whole new can of worms in, in sort of digging the whole pitch up and putting masses of thousands of tons of material back in, getting all that to settle how, down. Is, is, is how not, much do you take off at the end of the season then? Is it just like the top, do you have to take the grass away or? Yeah, so it... what we'll do in the summer is we'll take away the top 20 to 25 mil of the surface, just take all the grass out at the top. Um, and then people will say, people will probably then ask, will all the little artificial fibres come out? No, just... Um, specific machines and blades within machines that mean you can take all the way the natural vegetation as we'd say and the artificial fibers remain although that's the game and we were successful with that last year um so that's why i say it's actually quite a standard and small small procedure it is to me but to a layman it will look like wow we're digging the picture why it was so good last season or if we don't do that it won't be perhaps as good as it was last year or the year before and and, and so on. It's, it's a very standard procedure in, 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 well, professional football that you get that you have to do that work to, it, it is the only way you, you have, you have a chance, I should say, of having a, a successful winter period. If you don't do all that work, you, you top of the pitch can become a bit clogged up without going into it too much. You can suffer with drainage issues, this, that and the other. So it's a vital part of, of, of looking after a pitch, really, the end of season stuff. Yeah, good stuff. I mean, we've got loads of questions coming in. We will try and read as many out as we can because we've got some questions um, from before. Uh, who knew, Liam, that uh, p- uh, pitches were so were so interesting? I find it fascinating, by the way. I think it's really good. But these are these are you know people are really really interested. So, uh, Rob Lander, question for Liam: What investment or equipment is needed to take the pitch to the next level of quality? Um, well, in terms of if we, if heating. Under soil heating for yeah, two reasons. That. For, yeah. for, for two reasons, we'd be able to um, keep a game on in frosty conditions, obviously. But the reason maybe people wouldn't realise is that if we're in the Premiership or if, if it's a Premier League pitch, 
you, we they, those guys used their undersoil, undersoil heating constantly for about six months for uh, for soil temperatures, which means you've got a better chance of growing grass, which therefore means you've got a, a, a far far greater mm. recovery rate of the, of the grass regrowing. In short, from from game to game, so that'd be one. We could we we couldn't put that in again without doing the whole huge dig out of a pitch. Um, but that that that'd be a huge thing. But again, incredibly costly, not only to put in, but in terms of a a running bill. I don't know how accurate these are, but I've had conversations. I've visited a few stadiums who've got it and use it. I've, you're looking at anywhere from six, seven grand a day, a 24-hour period to have that on. So what? you do, you do that, you do that over <laughs> six five, months. six months. Eight. You know, obviously the income in these Premier League, yeah, clubs are yeah. just obviously through the roof. Um, so it's a massive consideration to do. A lot of these pitches are like an analogy that I've heard used, which I tend to agree with these days is it's a bit like buying a Ferrari you can, if, if you're going to buy one you've got to afford the service and the and, and the parts that, that, that come with it you know so um so I'll say that that'll be one thing and just probably um the artificial grow lights is is is, is the obvious one certainly at the moment and particularly and I, I think I have said this before when the, the new stands go up that that will we will all love it, but that will have a real serious yeah. implication on, on the management of the pitch, purely to do with sunlight. And yeah, we'll have to, and we've already had numerous conversations in in, in how we're going to um, manage that. Therefore, invest in what we need to. But again, it, they're not cheap, and again, they're not they're not cheap to run. So we have we have a couple now that we move along, and we do that we do well with, and we're lucky to have them. But <clears throat> I mean, I we, we we need a couple more now, really. Um, but particularly if if well, when the pop side goes up, it's uh, you then you're looking at a crew and a tramway scenario. You probably may well may or may not be familiar with crew crew cruise pitch suffers. Their big stand is the south side, which is their the sunlight side. So it's like yeah. the worst side it could be, and their pitch suffers suffers because of it. Our, our pop side is that side. So it's funny though, isn't it? I mean, I don't want to, obviously it's not a crew show, but why would they have made the decision to do that? On that side, well, uh, without obviously that stand. When did it go up? Someone would tell me the crew stand went up at late nineties. Let's say, yeah. yeah. The, the the knowledge it just wouldn't have been there. It wouldn't have really been a thought. You know, pitches have moved on so much in the last what 20, 30 years. You know, you look back to Old Trafford, late nineties, early two thousand, yeah. Anfield, Chelsea. All it's it, technology within pitches has moved on so quick. So. I, Obviously, without knowing, I would just say that it's like it was just the knowledge. It just wasn't there. It wasn't even a thought process. You know, it's only mm. now that they suffer every single year and, and and groundsmen pull the hair out all the time. Yeah, we're getting a lot of questions about personal lo uh, lawns. So, <laughs> <laughs> Richard Lowe says, any tips for removing moss from my lawn? Duncan Bain says, does Liam maintain the same high standards for your own lawn at home? Definitely not. Like a like a decorated <laughs> house. No, yeah. no. It's, it, it, it's is that down to the missus? <laughs> yeah, no, she's been great pulling me out with it. Yeah, yeah. I need, I need to, I need to get on with it more. But my, my, my classic argument is, I do it all day. That's the last thing I want to do. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Jack abroad has said, one point two seven four million for six months running costs. I guess that's a quick calculation based on what you said. Uh, yeah, but if you're Chelsea, that's what. That's, yeah, that's of course. Like nothing. Yeah. 
you know. Yeah. I think your uh, your Ferrari analogy goes further than that, though, isn't it? Because you you wouldn't buy a Ferrari just to go to the shops, would you? You know, we're, we're Stockport County mm. at the end of the day. Yeah, you of know. course. Yeah, and I think you know. as much as the investments always spoken about with Mark and whatnot, and it has been um, high, and what the money's put is put in is astronomical and, and whatnot. That yeah, we we all collectively at the club, all the various departments are, are fortunate in many ways that we're backed and we're given. We'll give an X, but it's not, you know, it's by everything's, you know, there's still what purse strings, as, as, as they say, and um, yeah. and pitches, honestly, pitches are a money pit, believe me, they're, they're, they're so it can be so expensive. So we're trying to, we've, we've had a we've had a good chunk and we're trying to just manage now what, what we have. And we are doing, in fairness, like I say, we've had a really good, consistent couple of years with it and we're just yeah. trying to, just trying to, you know, maintain that really. Yeah. And of course, you've won an award recently, haven't you? Yeah, we picked up one in December. Yeah, for in yeah, we, which was nice and not expected. Um, people who know me won't like me saying this because it's the sort of thing I always say. I'm not a big one for awards. Um, they're nice when they come along, but there's <laughs> judging processes aren't always like where they should be and whatnot. However, we were nominated for for I suppose on paper quite a prestigious one that was national. It was a national award. Um, from the championship down, um, and it was yeah. Despite my comments, it was a, it was a really nice night and a real flashy sort of you know big event that we all went to and put a suit and tie on and whatnot and kind of a bit like I don't know if you're familiar with when the office when they won the Golden Globes that you'd sort of like we'd just we'll go along and have a beer and whatnot and we won't win, and then all the awards started coming out and it was ours and. Yeah, we got cut. We we got announced the winners, and yeah, so it was it was great, and just a great bit of recognition for for us all, really. That it's obviously it's a job that we choose to do and we're paid to do, so it's there's no complaints. But when you're working in all weathers and there's pressures from whether it be coaching staff or players or the social media these days, that yeah, it was a it was a night that we were you know we you can sort of forget all that and and you were we were rewarded and i suppose we in fairness as a as, as a grounds team we collectively know if if we've done all right or we haven't off the pitch as no one knows more than what we do we, if it was poor we would we would say but to be fair as i say we've had a good we've, you know we've had a good couple of years really and that's what it's all about really a lot of a lot of pitches look well at the start of the season yeah where, you know where you are all year all all the time that that's really what you should what, what you should be judged on. So it was it was well well received to be fair. Yeah, you have to let us know what winning an award's like. Um <laughs> we've, we've, we've been to two ceremonies and lost both times so far. So <laughs> we're gonna have our own awards. We'll probably yeah. finish runner up in that. Yeah. We just do our own awards like every, every yeah, other we'll podcast. Our own award. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I've got to say, and it's come through on the comments as well. The pitch just look—it looks brilliant, just just aesthetically to the to the to the eye. Do you know what I mean? It looks brilliant when you go to away to Bradford and you see what Bradford's pitch is like. And we we spoke briefly about that. And then you see our pitch; it's just it's just great to see because it's it just looks so so good. And I, I quite like the um, the the artificial grass down the side as well. You know. Because that used to be just uh, like stones, didn't it? And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we changed that. We actually had some trouble with that the past couple of years, and we changed that to a to a proper spec. 
that means that they don't slip on it anymore and whatnot. So we were quick. That was a priority in the summer. But no, it, it's uh, you mentioned Bradford. I've been there and been at County when it when it was like or probably worse, and it was worse than what Bradford is. Obviously, with yeah. the with in the rugby days and whatnot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and I, I've I'm, I'm I'll often say, and I've been heard say, you know, saying that it, it it it's a representation of a football club. Now I may be biased, but I just think if you turn up somewhere and the pitch is a bit of a shit show, it sort of can reflect the whole the whole place really. So it's genuinely something that we 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 carry with us all the time. It's not there's, there's different um, aspects of how it how we want it in terms of it, it has to play right for the players. Um, but it also has to look right for the fans and the directors and the visiting teams and the, and the cameras and whatnot. You know, as a groundsman these days, you're kind of always on show. And even in League Two, highlights are up straight away and this, that, and the other. Yeah. So, very much um, a pride thing with with us all. It's not just made as a team of us, um, and and we take as much pride in it as as you know the biggest county fan would or, you know, that's pretty much how I started getting into it, to be honest. I was a fan and there was a job came up and I had knew nothing about grass and it was just about walk, being able to be at Edgeley Park and walk on the pitch. And obviously I've just grown into it, grown into it since then. But that feeling has kind of never left me, like what it's like to walk through a turnstile and see the, maybe I'm a bit, bit a bit of a nerd like that, but to see the, the glisten of the floodlights and the white of the net and the, and and the green of the pitch and whatnot—it's kind of never left me that. So we we, we sort of we, ca- we carry it with us all the time, really. And particularly that we, we've—I've got staff now that they're not county fans, but the you know the the groundsmen or greenkeepers by trade um, and support other teams. But when, as we do, when you when you see frequently funerals that pass by. And burials that we have probably, you know, there's probably a, uh, an ashes burial monthly at County. When you see that, and you, and you, and you, you know, the emotion that goes with it, yeah. the guys who work with me who are not County fans, all of a sudden, it, it's, you know, you don't need you don't need anyone to say say anymore really what that place means to everybody. So, without getting a bit too deep or too into it, we we do we do. That's why maybe a groundsman will shout at someone for walking on the pitch because it's more yeah. than you know. There's no damage caused, but it is a bit of a respect thing. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's really good to hear that. Um, we spoke earlier on. Well, before the show, we're going to ask you about unsung heroes. Before we get onto the unsung heroes bit, um, Edward F says, "How many people are in the team?" So obviously, there's yourself. Um, I think we asked you this last time, but maybe it's grown since then. How many? How no, many, it's how not. Many? Yeah, the past year is the same. Yeah, the same five. Um, the same amount of pitches, obviously, at the stadium pitch and the two and a half pitches at Carrington. There's, there's five of us, myself, Justin, who's pretty much my right hand man, who's, who spends all his time, or 90% of his time at, at Carrington. Uh, Jake is he's, he's at Edgeley Park up most of his time. And then we've got Ian and, Ian and Bailey, uh, mainly at Carrington. But collectively, we look after. Look after them all, which obviously I I, I oversee. Um, it it will or yeah, it will grow. I think the, the the club's growing in obviously many ways, and the academies like gathering pace, and we we um, we host we host a fair amount of academy games at Carrington, or as many as we can, let's say, without massive detriment to the pitches, because those pitches are just as important, probably more important in some ways. 
because that's where the players do the business and do all the hard work that you know, we then see on a Saturday. So they've got to be right to a certain point. So there's, there's certain, there's, there's um, not a battle, that's too strong a word, but there's, there's um, we need more space, basically. And I think it, it, there's conversations going on at Carrington. Can we get another pitch that is sort of above me? And if, if I'm given another pitch, then I'll, I'll you know, Go and, look, go and look after it the best we can. So, but I think there's a conversation about getting another one, which we need to then be able to have our under 18s there a bit more often. But um, that's the, that that it, that it will grow. It's just it's just a matter of time. And, and obviously, there's, there's there's a new training ground that, that I'm sure will will pop up when you know whenever whenever that does, which will which would be huge to have like every. But I think the vision is to have everybody there, like from under six right away through and you know seven or eight pitches i guess and you know a ladies team there perhaps and you know but again you're talking massive amount of, of investment so um karen karen's good i think for what we what we use it or need it need it for now but there's no getting away from the facts as i say that it's growing and we just need more space because the academy is is you know such a huge thing for for the club to be able to bring our own players through this that and the other so um, there's, there's conversations going on there to 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 get more 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 space. But going back to the question, yeah, there's the five of us which may which will grow the more pitches that we get. Will you yeah. have any input in the new training ground around the pitches or anything, or are you just going to get told we've got eight pitches? You need to be. Yeah, I mean, out. not I won't be involved in anything to do with like the land purchase or you know. Uh, a layout of, of pitch design, a pitch, you know, pitch layout. But then in terms of the makeup, yeah, quickly it will be, okay, we need to do a bit of, get a bit technical, a bit of soil analysis on the area and just determine what we need, what, what we need to do. And, and then no, I'll take it back actually. Then, then in terms of layout, how, how we could manage them, do, you know, do we have certain pitches side by side? Did the club create a journey where that's like an under nines pitch and then you yeah. work round to like the first team, things like this that a lot of clubs do. Um, but yeah, in terms of building the pit, there'll be different specs of pitches. Like the first team pitches will be the top spec down to like, you know, sand soil type construction pitches, which will still be very good, but will be for like the under 14s, under 15, 16, so on. Yeah. Good stuff. We've had a question in from Leon. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to ask that in a sec, but before we do, this question then. So, there are many unsung heroes like yourself and like Lando, but who is your unsung hero and the person in the club that deserves a name check? Maybe one that fans don't know. Oof. Um, <laughs> well, there's Justin with me, as I mentioned then. He's he's like my, you know, it very much is a team effort for for the for the pitches and, and at Carrington that, you know, I may get some praise that when... Edgley Park looks nice on a match day, but as I've said, the, the, the work goes on goes on at Carrington and we look after that as a team. And Justin as a, plays a huge part in just making sure that they're 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 right that down there most of the time. So I'd say Justin, but um non-pitchers, I probably say Rick and Rick Inks, Inks a lot, right, of, yeah, lot of yeah. people will be familiar with him, but just from a maintenance side and a and a, you know, from all the crew left a fair bit of damage, for example, on Last week and overseeing probably thing you know basic repairs to cleaning over cleaning staff and but Rick's Rick's the GSO Rick's got a very you know he's a that's a that's a very responsible 
you know, role that is. He's responsible pretty much for everyone who comes in the ground. To my understanding, anyway, I'm no GSO, but I've worked in football long enough to know that that's quite responsible. And yeah, you won't hear much from Rick, but yeah, so Rick Inks, I'd say. Yeah, nice. No, good answer. And then the question from Leo McCreary. This is a good one. Any groundsmen in the world that you look up to? Um, do you know anything about Jonathan Calderwood, the PSG head groundsman? Yeah, I actually worked with him briefly. At, he was at Aston Villa before he went to PSG. Um, I mean, I've not spoke to him for over 10 years. Um, groundsman I look up to. I wouldn't say anyone individually, really, just... I suppose are we all uh, are we all aspiring to be sort of at the top potentially, um, but a bit like anybody's job, it, it, the, the, the more you, the higher you go, you, you grow in stature and, and the job title, this that and the other. But it, yeah, I don't know. I've worked at a few places and I've seen a few, I've seen a few bad places to work for. And what, yeah, so but no, sorry, in answer to the question, there's no sort of no one in particular that I would I would I would look up to. No. But Jonathan okay. was a good guy. I do remember Jonathan? Yeah, he sort of sub sub uh, sub questions that with techniques wise. I guess do you, are there any is there anybody out there that I mean? Do you do you even look at all the techniques? You know, in terms of is there a mentoring system or a, a, an institute of groundsmen where you all share different techniques or something like that? Not really. No, this this I'm a classic guy. I don't like fancy patterns and whatnot. And I was glad that they got banned because you wouldn't. <laughs> well, you'd never have seen me do things like that anyway. Because I just think that's a bit too much time on your hands type thing. Um, but no, techniques is is you grow every pitch is different, really. So you sort of have to quickly get to know yours and what suits it and whatnot. I know that might sound a bit ridiculous, but it is true. Different environments, different climates, it's very different working up north than it is to down south, for example. Um, but techniques are all <sighs> groundsmanship, really, is a matter of opinion, really. Without you, probably you guys wouldn't understand this in terms of various products that are used. Um, you have to use some of them to realize what doesn't, what doesn't work. But then, even then, you just again, a bit like anybody's job. I will be. I don't see anyone now because I've, I've seen a lot of them. But I, I, I would get a phone. I get phone calls from sales reps who want to come into county and sell me certain fertilizer to use because they think it's the best because they get commission. Yeah. And I've, you know, you can get a bit bogged down in all that. So for, again, but through experience and through time, you just get to know your maybe what. What technique works best for us is probably what I'd say. Fair enough. Good answer. Um, right. I think I think that's all the questions we've got. Um, I don't think I've missed any. Of, I think we've covered everything. What pitch, what pitch would you dream of maintaining apart from counties? Yeah, a, that's a good one. That, that's the last question. Yeah. And then we'll get on to getting reses. Um. I suppose, is there a specific stadium or something that you'd like well, to... Well, that's what the obvious answer would be, Wembley, but I know what goes on there and I wouldn't want to do it in terms of, like, <laughs> you have NFL there and things, this, that and the other. But, yeah, maybe when, maybe old Wembley. If I could time travel, old Wembley. Wembley in the 90s. That's my answer. <laughs> but without sounding cliche and and gushy, is county not the, the best pitch for you to maintain? Because you're a county well, fan and... Certainly now... Apart from county... Oh, it does say apart from county. Okay, oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll uh, take that back. Right. Okay. Should we? Should we do game reses? Because we've, yeah, we've sorry, believe it or not, we're over an hour already. Um, so uh, let's do game reses, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap. Reses. Get in the reses. Get in the reses. Not having that. Get in the reses.
Oh, getting reses. They told you Nick would be back, didn't I? <laughs> keep, keep on using that. Keep on using that. Right, getting the reses. We actually got a message last week that not having getting the reses on can get in the reses. That was a, a genuine, <laughs> genuine thing from last genuine week. Message. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my getting the I'm going to go first this week because I think I missed the week before last because we didn't do it last week. I'm going to go first while Liam thinks of one probably. And yeah. so do you, Waggy. Um, so, yeah, well, someone's put getting the reses shit pitches. Yeah, I mean, that's a given. But I can go in the reses. <laughs> but my getting the reses is um, off-centre camera angles for football matches. So when they're not on the halfway line. And you have to watch it from just beyond the halfway line. Um, that does my head in. It's almost like what? what why? Ca- why? What? Why can you possibly not have a camera on the halfway line? What's What's done that? Does anybody else feel the same way? <laughs> Discuss. I like, I like you, must, you must have gone through some to be to be arriving at this this one. Well, we, we have we've, we've been doing it for about six months. Just getting the resins. We, honestly, we're scraping the barrel, mate. <laughs> yeah, we've done some proper niche ones, but that, that's not very niche. I think I think uh, rubbish camera angles is. is yeah, when you yeah. when you're in it, when you're at the match, it doesn't matter because it's your eyes in it, and you can see more stuff, and you, you're there. But for a, for a TV broadcast, it has to be on the halfway line for me. Yeah, Gillingham's wasn't very good last night, was it? Because as soon as the ball came to the left-hand side, you couldn't see it because it was too high up and they couldn't get the, the get it down. To, so you couldn't see the touchline. Yeah. So, anyway, sorry, Ross, yeah. you might have just said then, where where has that then? Where's off-centre? Well, I think was was Gillingham's not last night. Was it? Sorry, more than that. I'm trying to think now. Yeah, there's not many. Don't, don't get me wrong, there's not many, but it really... I think there was one where they were having some work done once <laughs> um, and it was off-centre for a bit. I want to say I want to say like Burnley or some or West Ham. I remember Claret and Blue? I don't know, but anyway, yeah, it does me head in when they, when they're off centre. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, to the point where I always want to switch. I just want to switch you off. You know, it's just I have this OCD about certain things, these niche things, <laughs> as we all do. As we all do. Ian anyway, that was that was mine. Anyway, rugby goalposts can get in the reses. Yeah, there we go. Rugby goalposts can get in the reses. Absolutely. And cameramen who don't wipe the rain off the lenses, yeah. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's usually, though, when you're playing lower league, isn't it? And the rain, or the rain's coming in. Um, yeah, just a little wipe off the camera. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought there was a, there was one a few weeks ago where, um, I don't say Dan Powell still does our video then he still still does the camera work and he yeah. was wiping it off and it was coming on so much that he, if he left it i don't know f- a few minutes it was back on and he had to keep on wiping um, it off. was that not the morkham the morkham game yeah the i think morkham it was the morkham game morkham wasn't it? Away yeah. was terrible because the wind and the rain was just going straight yeah. at the camera which it was terrible there actually it was bad that yeah. game yeah Here's another one for you. Getting the reses. Fertilizer salesman. They can get in the Oh, reses. yeah. Done. Done. Yeah, I don't, need to, I don't need to say it. Yeah. Trust me. Who said that, Jack? Yeah. Don't get me started on stuff like that. Well, that, is, that your, is that your getting the reses then? I'll have that. I'll have that. Yeah. I'll have that. If you, if you want me to, I'll have that. I'll have that. Yeah, Fertilizer salesman. Perfect. Yeah. Fertilizer salesman. Getting the reses. Waggy, what's your getting reses, mate? I don't think we've mentioned this. Um, but I think, and it, and it seems to have gone very, very quiet. The um, 
the trials, apparent trials of this fucking blue card. It's gone very oh, quiet. We've not yeah. said anything about this. What mm. a load of shit. <laughs> what an absolute load of shit. What's the yeah. point? It just, it's just the, it's a yellow card. Just get, was it get, an official? Is that happening? Was it? Was it an official? Was that released officially? Is that happening? It's, it's been released to saying that it's been leaked, and they were going to look at trialing it in the lower leagues next year, next season, or maybe in some of the cup games. Um, but it seems to have gone very quiet because I think a lot of people have basically said it's a load of shit. Because I yeah. think you know, it's like it's just it, I don't can't see how it's working. And I think I did see a tweet off um, Danny Lloyd. He said, what, what what do you do in those 10 minutes? If you're the player that's yeah. been sent off, what do you do in those 10 minutes? Have you got to sit on a have you got to sit on the sideline? Because then you're getting your, your muscles are cooling down. And then you come back. And if it's a fast-paced game, you've got to try and pick yourself back up to the pace. So you're increasing your, the injury risk. So yeah. surely it, it it can't work for simple, you know, for player safety and stuff. And what do you do? Do you, do you have them? Do you have a set of bikes? There's the mm. there's the blue car thing. <laughs> just sat on the bikes. Yeah, just sat, sat on the bikes. So yeah, it's just it, it can't it can't work. I, d- I don't see how it could work in a football no. game. A bit like you it's, say, what's the difference between a sim bin for ten minutes and a, and a yellow card? Like, what difference in punishment would yeah. there be? Yeah, well, mm. I was going to say where. Yeah, where do you say this is a blue card offence yeah. rather than a mm. yellow card offence? Mm. Where again, we're trying to we're trying to make it easier for referees and this is just another thing that they've got to think about that's mm. that's going to complicate things yeah it's mm. up to human nature how they believe oh that's a blue card what's what what for what <laughs> they need to they need to we've said it before they need to invest in refereeing at grassroots yeah. and build a program and a and a yeah and absolutely a, a career path for it not not put stick trying to put sticky plasters on with VAR, with blue cards. Yeah, I, I saw an interview with um, Rio Ferdinand, and he said the same thing. He said, "He said, what are you going to? What would you do?" He said, he said well, "I'd probably just freeze up in in those in those ten minutes, and then come back on, and you just you, it's just going to invite so well, much well, injury." Yeah, yeah. And some clubs won't have the facilities to have things on the side. Well, you know, that's to keep, that's you know, what I mean. Where did he go? Do they go and sit in the stand? Do you do you have to have you know a park bench on the corner when they have a little blue zone around it or something? Or do they have to go back into the changing room? As you say, it's just it's we're making it more complicated and making it harder for referees to referee. That'll be the biggest kickback, and probably the official one will be like player injury risk, like off the pitch for ten minutes. Yeah, I would have thought so anyway. I did quite like I did quite like to a point the whole added on time. Maybe not from a pitch point of view, because 12 minutes out of your time is like, more it? But, I, yeah, it's a bit of bugbear of mine. Ball in play, particularly if you're chasing the game, the time-wasting tactics and like managing the game and all that. I, did quite, I, do, I do quite like, but it seems to sort of die down a little bit. Now, whether that is because now teams don't time-waste as much, probably is, to be fair. But there's no, like, 12 minutes added on, or there seems to be a lot less of that now. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, you it was, see it at the but, beginning. But again, now they've started, players are getting cards for kicking the ball away. Now you don't see anybody kicking the ball away now. Mm, the beginning yeah. of the season, they've started getting yellow cards for kicking the ball away. Mm. So people have stopped doing that. So it's just, as you say, it's just trying to bring in things that make it easier for them and to make it 
so that we've not got 12, 15 minutes of added time. Yeah, yeah. because as much as the, I liked it, it was a bit ridiculous. Like, yeah. get in a game you're 3-0 up in, there's nine added minutes, and it's like, the game's done here. Like, it's just, yeah, so yeah. a bit hypocritical, I know. But there was definitely something in that, because it's, the ball in playtime was, was so low to me, and the game management got ridiculous. Remember England, when England lost to Croatia in 2018, they scored in extra time and there was about nine minutes left and it was just never in play. Injury, subs, bring it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, uh, JK says, blue cards are in use in the lower league somewhere. Refs are having a mare trying to time players on and off because they don't Jeez. have fourth officials. So can you imagine yeah, that? What, what are we going to end up with? We're going to end up like a big countdown on the screen for players that are off and then a big horn when they can come back on. No, wait, we need to have, we need to have seven officials because they'll bring back the two officials at either end. Oh yeah, the remember line. them? Yeah, either, yeah, either yeah. end for the goal line, the fourth official, yeah. two linesmen, the ref, and then we'll have the blue card monitor. <laughs> I forgot about those bit at either end and ref them officials. Yeah. Is that mm. European football? Was that European football? They had that. Yeah, in? yeah. Because they had the, they had the sticks, but they didn't have flags on, didn't they? Yeah, and they just like ran and. You do hear them though, you do hear them like they're talking to each other all the time about like blue ball, blue ball right that way. That's a free kick, don't foul. And they're, they're, because they're talking, they're missing, they're missing what's going on. You do see yeah. that a bit, or maybe I do because I'm sort of watching it a bit low down sometimes. Just always, I don't know whether that's always been a thing, but they're all mic'd up now, aren't they? And yeah, yeah, yeah it's a good it's a good thing you mentioned actually I know I know we've we've massively over time here but it's good conversation because a ref lost I think it might have been Michael Oliver had no comms his comms so they stopped the match yeah. and he had to go to the tunnel to get comms and I think it was Gary Neville that said it actually well just you just carry on what did you do before comms you just you just spoke mm. to your linesman didn't you you mm. spoke you spoke to them or shouted mm. to them and made you know had a different communication I know mm. you got yeah. VAR but you could have done without that for five yeah, minutes maybe. perhaps yeah, maybe no it's way. the VAR that, that was the issue. But again, if you've got a fourth official and his comms are still working, then surely he, he can, you know, speak. To, he can wave the referee and say your oh, VAR are involved or something like that. Yeah. Mm. So he could yeah. carry on. Anyway, yeah, blue blue cards can get in the reses. So fertilizer salesman, cameras that are off center that should be on the halfway line, and blue, blue cards. cards. There we go. Like this every week, Liam. Honestly, we talk Love about like tiny little specifics about what we don't like about football. I like, or, I like tiny specifics. Yeah, <laughs> all the MC or whatever motorway Waggy's been on this M62. week. M62. M62. <laughs> That's already in the reses. Let's not start on that again. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Right, Liam. Cheers, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. No, thank you very much. It's always yeah, fascinating good. to hear about the pitch, and I genuinely mean that because it's—I just think it's brilliant. Anything to do with county, to be honest, is uh, is fascinating to me. Um, me and Waggy will be back on Monday with a courtyard club call with Dan Culverwell covering the Swindon match, and we'll be back next week with this show. And I think we've got Jamie Redding coming on, who does the mascots at County. Yeah, you, you must know Jamie. Uh, yeah. So we've got uh, we've got Jamie coming on next week, and we're fully booked up for guests up until April. Uh, so do get in touch if you fancy it beyond there. Uh, and we've got the Mentel podcast uh, coming out very soon as well. Uh, and all that's left to say, I think, is uh, enjoy your week and we'll see you on Saturday where hopefully we will beat Swindon either 2-0, Waggy says, or 3-0, 3-0. <laughs>
Liam says, Green, oh, what, you say, what are you saying, by the way, Russ? I'm not saying anything, actually, actually. But before we go, um, before we go, don't log off yet. Salford away tickets. Right. We've got, I've got three Salford away tickets and you can, you can win one by answering this question and putting it in the comments of the YouTube video after tonight's show. Okay. So the question is, Liam mentioned that he didn't go to Stockport County versus Huddersfield back in, let me just get the year, back in uh, 2000 and something. (laughs) 2003, right? I want to know in the comments, not in the chat, it's got to be in the comments of the YouTube video if you want to win it, um, who scored our second goal to put us 2-1 up? I can look it up online. Don't say it, Liam, if you can, you can remember. <laughs> I remember it because um, I spoke to said player after the match. I think he handed me one of those. Do you remember the Scandia fan of the match? I, I won oh, a great yeah. Scandia. Yeah. <laughs> you still got it because you didn't drink it. <laughs> no, no, it was gone. It's not bad. It's not bad, Scandia. Not bad, Scandia. It's all right. I, don't forget, I drink, I drink like really shitty lager. Anyway, so <laughs> there's the question. Please answer it and we'll uh, we'll pick a winner at random, and you can win yourself a Salford away ticket. It's an adult ticket as well. So, cheers, everybody, and we will see you next time. Bye. Cheers. Thank you. This episode of the Scarf Begala War was written, recorded, and produced by Russ Johnson and Nick Lee. The music on the opening titles was produced by Dan Johnson. Subscribe wherever you get your content, as well as finding out how to join the TSBW fan club Check out the links in the description or go to all the W's, scarfbegalawar.co.uk. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.